If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, welcome to another episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. And that's what I love to do is help you become financially free so you have the time to do the things you want in your life. But before we get started today, I wanted to remind you that if you truly do want more out of your life, there has to be another way, yes? Because the wanting of more means that the strategy you currently have isn't working. So whether you want it in your business or you need a more supportive environment, you know, wherever you are, you're tired of not living into your gifts and doing the mundane and things that don't excite you, then I know I can help. All you have to do is jump on a call with one of my directors of opportunity at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. And we are there to truly help you understand how when you rock your money, you will also rock your life. So what are you waiting for? Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and let's get started today. We're going to talk to a guy who's got a lot of passion, a lot of energy, and um, we had a lot in common in the conversation, actually. But check it out. After a decade of building multiple online businesses, eight figures, and twice landing on the Inc. 5000, Jeff turned his focus to educating and inspiring entrepreneurs about the power of the digital business, which a lot of people want to do well in. In 2018, he founded Entree Institute, where over 50,000 students have been introduced to his digital real estate concept. After multiple failured ventures, including a restaurant franchise that left him with a half a million dollars in debt, he found his first success in online as an affiliate marketer and was able to pay off his debt in 18 months. He went on to generate close to 50 million in sales over the course of the decade without having to ever go into an office. Pretty cool, right? Before turning his focus to educating and inspiring others to do what he did. In addition to his work with Entree, Jeff is also the host of The Millionaire Secrets. I was on his podcast, by the way, where he interviews successful entrepreneurs. You're going to see a ton of energy in this guy and a lot of creative juices are going to be flowing out of it. I'm sure you're going to pick up a couple of gems. Let's get to my conversation with Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the podcast, Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. <clears throat> so glad to be here. I'm, I'm ready to rock your podcast. I love it. I love it. So listen, let's take the listeners back a little bit because what you've created in your life, you've impacted so many people on a digital level and the world is moving in that regard. Can we talk a little bit about who you were prior to you starting that part of your life? Uh, yes, my, my <laughs> inauspicious beginnings. I was a um, jazz piano player, really a working musician. I mean, whatever, whatever the gig required, I would, I would figure out how to do. All through my 20s, uh, I started playing piano when I was, I guess, technically 16. And it was really just a very pragmatic decision um, based on my one experience of having a summer job as a teenager and realizing I was not well suited for, you know, traditional employment. And that if I didn't figure out some sort of, uh, you know, monetizable skill that, that I could still have a little bit of, of control, um, that I was going to end up stuck in a job. And so I, I got really serious about music. I actually dropped out of high school and oh, wow. spent eight or 10 hours a day. I mean, I literally played until I got arthritis in my wrist. I, I still have it to this day, but I, 
I just uh, got it, went into the woodshed, as we call it as a musician, and, and shedded for probably, I don't know, eight, 10,000 hours within five years and got to a professional caliber by my, my early 20s. I was gigging and just working as a musician. Um, and I was certainly excited that that got to be my life. I didn't have to clock in like most people, but also I wasn't excited when I realized how much that life pays. You know, being a working jazz musician who supplements with a few piano lessons in Houston, Texas. I mean, it's a great gig. It's a great community. A lot of great musicians, but um, it's not like L.A. You know, you're not going to get discovered and end up playing Wembley Stadium. You're just, you know, you kind of cap out at, I don't know, 50, 60 grand a year, maybe. And that's your life. And so I was always trying to start businesses. I knew that I wanted uh, just more abundance, more opportunity that that is in is, is out there in the world, but it takes capital. And uh, so I was always starting businesses all through my 20s while I was working nights and weekends as a musician and also uh, finishing school. But and, and by the way, somebody may have heard me say finishing school, but also that I dropped out of high school. There's a whole story there, but I was able to actually get into college and get a music scholarship. Uh, but yeah, by the, by the end of my decade of my 20s, I was I had failed at about 10 different businesses um, and ended up in a massive amount of debt. $495,000 was the, the technical amount spread between, uh, the, you know, a few different agencies who, who take their, their uh, debtors very seriously, one of which is the U.S. Treasury Department. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's really how I got fully into entrepreneurship is it, is it became untenable to be a, a part-time entrepreneur and I needed to go full-time entrepreneur and, you know, thankfully uh, went online and, and was able to dig out of that debt and do some cool things. That's really awesome. So at, in your heart, you're an artist. Yeah, very much. You basically don't want to live the life of a nine to five. Who does for the love of God, right? A <laughs> um, bunch of people being sold that that's a cool thing to do. And you've parlayed this now into being really good in the digital arena. Now, before we get there, you have some plaques on the back of the wall that I can see there. What are those about? Um, yeah, so a few yeah things, notable achievements, I guess you could say. I have a couple that are uh, Inc. 5000 awards. So, you know, we can get into the, the nuances of my digital business journey a little bit more if you, if you want to. But uh, a couple things I did, one of which was from 2013 to 2018, I had a digital agency. We provided marketing services to over 10,000 small and medium-sized businesses around the United States and Canada. Um, and that agency was on the Inc. 5000 twice, two consecutive years, 2017, 2018. Um, so that's two of the plaques. And then the other two, the, the, big, the bigger ones, the ones that look like platinum records, um, those are for specific digital marketing funnels um, and they're called eight figure awards. So that means I had two different online sales funnels that I built um, that generated each over $10 million in revenue. And that's, um, those are awards given by a platform called ClickFunnels. Got it. Got it. Got it. I was going to ask about that. So how does, I mean, you, we hear a lot about ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson. We hear a lot about people making money online but it's so rare for me to actually come across somebody that's actually doing it. A lot of people talk, oh, you know, I hear a lot of people struggling to try to do it, try to figure out the landing pages, try to figure this out. So tell us a little bit, you're in that community, you've had great success. 
Are there really many people making it or are you that 1% of the 1%? I mean, I'm I'm certainly in the in the I would say the elite tier of the, you know, I don't know how you organize it, but I mean, you used to be in real estate, right? Transactional yeah. real estate. You had Remax franchises and Keller Williams franchise. Right. It's honestly not that different than being a realtor. Like, I mean, I would ask you, is it is it, you know, so hard, borderline impossible to make good money as a real estate agent? Well, I'm in the same category in that field as you yeah. are probably in that, right? Is is you got to be consistent, you got to have a system, you got to follow the process. Right. For most people, they can't do that, so they they struggle. Yeah, so there's three million realtors in the United States, and and most of them uh, have less than two listings a year. I mean, it's a right. disaster, right? You can't right. even you you can't even pay your cell phone bill with what most realtors make, and yet, you know, the people that have a different approach to it can make millions and millions of dollars. That, that's literally how digital marketing is. I think the difference is, you know, there's a, there's an, a higher level of skepticism around the digital stuff because it's not tangible. Right. You know, everybody knows real estate exists. You walk on it, you touch yeah. it, you live in it. So right. nobody doubts that it's like a real thing. Right. Um, whereas the internet, everybody I think is, is a completely in a consumer mindset where it's like this thing that feeds them, media and information and entertainment but like the idea that you can actually you know flip that into a producer mindset and use it to generate wealth for yourself is so foreign to most people that a lot of times they just write it off as a scam right but 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 writing that off as a scam is literally no more illogical than writing off real estate as a scam so what was the product or service you sold I've done a lot of different things from 2000. You know, I started in November, 2008. And again, that was when my back was against the wall. I hit, uh, no pun intended here, but I hit rock bottom. And, (laughs) you know, I was half a million dollars in debt. I was a piano player. There was nothing I was going to do. And the the majority of that debt was to the U S treasury. They weren't going to let me, you know, squiggle away unless I wanted to move to, I don't know, you know, Mauritius or some off the beaten path place that didn't have a, a, a treaty with the U S and um, so, and I can, I can explain how I ended up in that much debt with the U.S. Treasury, if, if anybody wants to know. But, you know, from that situation, I, I went online, I became an affiliate marketer. Affiliate marketing is kind of the lowest barrier to entry way to do internet business because you don't have to have products. You don't have to have employees. You don't have to do customer service. You don't even have to be able to process your own payments. You don't even have Just to promoting PayPal. somebody else's product. Yeah, it's like, it's just a referral business, you know, only now it's online and it's all tracked through links. So I did that from 2008 to 2012, uh, generated about $10 million in in commissions, which are, you know, again, that's, that's commissions. That means it was what they sent to my bank account. Now, obviously I had expenses. I had to pay for ads. I had to pay for, you know, I mean, mostly it's advertising expenses and a few, you know, platform fundamentals, but what were you promoting? What products did you choose? So I, I promoted a variety. Um, I got really, really into education products um, because I was teaching myself online. And so I got really, uh, you know, passionate and, and it, this translates into what I do now about how valuable it is to get trainings, courses, you know, memberships and and so forth, where you're getting access to like the real information that can give you real tangible, executable steps to generate real outcomes, which is kind of the opposite of, you know, college. And I'm not like totally anti-college, but in general, like you can't go, yeah, I remember that day when I was studying, when I was sitting in my archaeology class 
when they told me this one thing that I went, I went out with and I made half a million dollars. Like that doesn't really happen. With, with online self-education, it does. And so I very quickly, as I was learning about, I mean, honestly, the first product that I, I promoted as an affiliate was the training program that I was learning from. I found out they had an affiliate program. And a lot of people do this in ClickFunnels, like you mentioned, they, they start using this software and they're like, this is so cool. I want to I want to tell other people and get paid for it. That's what I did. I promoted a marketing education product initially. And then frankly, once I started making a few hundred bucks and, and I was exposed to a different type of, just a different world, different community, different mindset of people, I realized very quickly that I was very, very ignorant in general when it came to business and finance. So uh, the next product that I sought out was a financial literacy and a financial education product. Um, and, and they had some higher level stuff that was more sophisticated, like investment education. And uh, I became an affiliate for that. And those are the two products that I primarily wrote out for the majority of the five years. I mean, and then I had some ancillary stuff related to that, like software and marketing tools and email autoresponder platforms. You know, just about everything has an affiliate program now. But the bulk of it was marketing education and financial education. Okay, super cool. And then you transitioned into teaching people how to do it, correct? Well, yeah, there's about six years uh, that are, would go unaccounted for if I said yes to that question. And in those six years, it's when I had my agency. So 2012, I had made enough money that I had, you know, really turned around the quality of my life, but I also got kind of burned out. And I'll tell you why I got burned out. And that's, you know, speaks to your original question is I was selling marketing education and financial education products to you know, hundreds of thousands of people. I think, I think during those five years, I, I think I had something like a hundred thousand, you know, customers that I earned a commission on. Um, and because I was also list building and I was also connecting with my, my audience and my customers, even though they weren't strictly speaking, buying the products for me, I was still trying to do what you should do in affiliate marketing, which is, uh, you know, cement some kind of a relationship ongoing with those customers so that frankly, you can promote other products to them. And, it's a lot easier to sell another product to an existing customer, right? Then acquire a new one. But because I built a list and a rapport with those tens of thousands of students, I started to get feedback from them. Even though they weren't buying for me and they weren't my customer, they'd still like, Jeff, I bought this thing and it's not working and I can't figure it out. And, and, and eventually I got like overwhelmed and, and almost like burdened by the amount of what I, what I would now describe as learned helplessness that I was hearing back from people that, that were struggling to get any results with these products that I knew worked because they're exactly what I used. Hmm. The marketing platform I was promoting is exactly the marketing platform that taught me how to make millions of dollars. The wealth education program I was promoting was exactly the program that taught me what to do with millions of dollars. I knew they were legit. And yet the, the, the vast majority of people, at least the squeaky wheels that I heard from were all these just sob stories of struggle and helplessness and, 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 you know, I don't know, just inadequacy. And, and I realized, I don't know, at the time I wasn't mature enough to really be objective about that. And it kind of took a toll. So 2013, I was like, I'm out of affiliate marketing. I don't want to lead a lot of people to their own demise. So I'm going to go start an agency because then at least my customers are actual business owners where they have budgets. They know that marketing is important. They have revenue. 
and I'll sell these, use these same digital services to help, you know, plumbers and roofers and pool cleaners and guys like that grow their businesses because they were really struggling in 2013, you know, for the previous century, they'd just been running ads in the newspaper and the yellow pages. And suddenly right. that stuff wasn't working anymore. Right. So I saw an opportunity there. And from, and from 2013 to 2018, again, I, I focused on that market and it was, it was really successful. But then in 2018, I actually had an opportunity to sell my agency or to sell the book of customers for my agency. And I had an exit, you know, made, made enough money that it was like, okay, cool. I can take some time off and figure out what I want to do. And I, what I really missed from the old days was the evangelism, the, the inspiration. And I know someone like you can appreciate this, like helping people understand that there are vastly different possibilities for their lives and that there are actual tools and strategies that can help them realize those possibilities. And that's when I pivoted back into what I'm doing now. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is the sense of fulfillment of helping other people improve their life. Yeah. I, I loved getting people bought in into what they could do with their life. It, it started to take a toll when they weren't basically when the results were harder to come by than what they were probably willing to do or, or, or they were, it was forcing them to get uncomfortable and they were hitting me back with like, Hey, this isn't what I signed up for. I didn't know it was going to be so hard. You know, I'm just a more mature person now. Now I'm comfortable hitting them back with, if you want things that most people don't have, you need to do things most people don't do. And if that's a problem for you, you need to go have a conversation with the guy in the mirror and stop blaming me. Yeah. Nice. So you have a podcast called Millionaire Secrets. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what's, what's exciting about that. Yeah. So I started that earlier this year. It's uh, I guess probably now maybe six months. It was kind of loose at the beginning and we got more organized with it, but, and I think we're creeping up on a hundred episodes. So we've been pretty aggressive, mm, you know, wow. and here's why I did that. Like, you know, podcasting is uh it's a long game business, right? Like you're not going to start a podcast and, and make a million dollars in the first 12 months. Right. No. And, and so I, I didn't do it because it's a revenue driver in my business. I did it because uh, I felt like it was an important way to build um, a choir of voices. You know, I mean, there's something so powerful about a choir as opposed to a soloist mm -hmm. and I feel like a soloist a lot of the time. I'm out there telling people what they can do for their life and what's happened for me and my anecdotal experience and all this and all that. And eventually, it's nice to hear it from someone else. So I started bringing on friends initially, people I knew. And, and then it kind of took on a life of its own where it's like, okay, I'm going to create a, a body of work that demonstrates a preponderance of evidence that it doesn't really matter who you are where you're from, what you've done, what your struggles are, you're going to be able to find someone on my roster of people that I've talked to who demonstrates that it can be overcome and it can be achieved. Yeah. You know, I've had guys on there that are ex-felons. I've had guys on there that are, you know, used to live in their car, people that have come out of drug addiction and people, and frankly, people that have just kind of been like normal, plain Jane, you know, living their life. And then one day they decided they hated their job and they, they went a different direction. Like, but eventually, if somebody actually took the time to listen to all my episodes, I like to think that all their excuses would be exterminated. And that's really the goal. Right. Yeah. I mean, big, one of the biggest problems that, that people have is the belief that, can I do it? Yeah. And the yeah. ability to answer that question leads to, you know, a lack of action, which further, 
you know, drives them into that belief. And so what I hear you saying is that you're pulling up this roster of all the way from, you know, the kid that grew up in a suburbia to the misfits and saying, hey, if all these people figured out a way using a variety of tools, why don't you put the tool belt on, give it a go, and you'll figure it out if you're willing to be coached and mentored. Is that kind of it? Yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, you know, the thing about success, uh, people are people are really in this world seem preoccupied with what's fair. And I, I actually think fairness is a ridiculous abstraction that we've tried to superimpose onto nature as, as human beings that nature just kind of laughs in our face at. Yeah. But I will say this about success. It is fundamentally unfair because it's, it, in, at least in the way we define it, it's only available to homo sapiens. So, you know, listen, if you're not a homo sapien, uh, admittedly, some of the things I talk about, you're going to struggle with, but otherwise you should, you should be able to do it. That's an interesting <laughs> one. I was not expecting that. Yeah, right? Yeah. So um, in that digital world, um, Russell Brunson has certainly you know, made his mark and a lot of people are using his system and process. Um, how important is it to use a system and a process like that to be successful in the digital field? Well, you know, I think that uh, it's, it's important. You know, you got to find places that eliminate variables as much as possible when you're learning um you know it's like when the kid's learning to draw you say okay well draw a circle right not um draw machu picchu with all right. of its you know interconnecting right. angles and whatever and uh but but you build from there you know click funnels is an amazing ecosystem it really really is and and i i try to stay out of the you know if you get in digital marketing circles there's there's a very factious uh, conversation around click funnels. There's people in the click funnels camp and there's people in the anti click funnels camp. And I try to stay out of it. You know, the reality is you just, you just got to find tools that you're comfortable with. But you know, when I started click funnels didn't exist. When I started, I went, I think I actually have one of them here. This is yeah, here, this is my, uh, oh, sorry, I dropped it. This is my PHP and MySQL for dummies book that I wow. bought. I also bought HTML, CSS, and JavaScript for dummies books. And I went to work. I started wow. teaching myself because there, there were no funnel builders. There were no, you know, you, I was stitching together 10 different platforms just to be able to take a credit card. It's, it's just what you're willing to do. ClickFunnels right. is going to solve some problems, right. but it's only going to solve the problems that it solves. Right. The other problems are going to be yours to solve, and you're going to have to decide, are you the kind of person that'll do whatever it takes, or are you the kind of person that'll blame the, the platform that only solved the problems that it solved for not solving right. the problems that it's not supposed to solve? So now you started the, and I'm going to see if I, is it the uh, Entree Institute? Did I pronounce it's that? Entre, like entrepreneur. Entre, okay, Entre Institute. Got it, got it, got it. I was going to ask, what exactly does that stand for? So the Entre. So tell us a little bit about that now. And I think that, is that more of a mindset piece that you get to play with? Uh, it, it, I would say it's an, it's an all of it piece. I mean, Entre was designed to be the world's first ecosystem. Well, I say it was designed. It has evolved into a definition now of being the world's first ecosystem, complete ecosystem, for developing and growing entrepreneurs. Hmm. Um, it, it actually very organically grew out of just a, an, an, basically an effort that I undertook to 
start telling the world everything that I had figured out and everything that I had done in order to go from, you know, half a million dollars in debt, living in my ex-wife's parents' spare bedroom, broke, depressed, you know, 40 pounds overweight, just at, again, at my rock bottom. Uh, how did, in, in a decade, I went from that to selling my agency for millions of dollars, you know, succeeding at multiple different business models, uh, which include real estate, by the way, I'm not even strictly a digital guy. Um, and, you know, it's like everything, that, but not only that, you know, I got remarried, I have four amazing kids, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm super organized and disciplined about everything in my life from my vitamins and my supplements and my meal preparation and my workouts and my, my work routine and my you know, family routines. It's just like, I, I mean, I did a 180, like in every sense. And I started this, this initiative. I initially, I called it School of Awesome. And it was like, I'm just going to tell you how my life went from suck to awesome. And I started putting all these videos out and they got, they got interest. You know, some people were like, who's this guy telling me how awesome his life is? Screw him. But then other people were like, who's this guy telling me how awesome his life is? Like, teach me more, right? Right. And so uh, as an audience started to emerge, I realized there was really something here. Um, but, but the opportunity there is like, I don't want to just be another, you know, digital marketing guy. I don't want to be just another business education guy because, and I'm sure you, you know, like we mentioned with realtors, usually the problem is not the business model or the opportunity or the mechanics or the strategy. Usually the problem is people and I'm not taking away from this because it is really, really hard to be a, you know, multimillionaire start from scratch entrepreneur. Like it's hard, but it's, again, it's eminently doable for all homo sapiens. And so if I can bridge that gap, get people from current state to desired state, which isn't just more money, but it's, it's really getting control, control of their business, control of their lead generation, control of their employees, control of their culture, control of their life, control of their health, control of their money control of their legacy. You know, it's a big conversation. And we've decided, I've decided I'm 41 years old. I probably got a solid 30 years that I can hit this hard because I do take pretty good care of myself. And I think we can make a lot of progress in that conversation in 30 years. And that's really what Entre Institute is. But it does, you know, at a pragmatic level, we do accept as a starting point that a lot of people don't have a business and in many cases need to be taught the fundamentals of a business, not just the fundamentals of personal growth. So we kind of smash it all together. Imagine if, and it's interesting because Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson have recently been doing stuff together. But I remember having an, an epiphany that's like, somebody needs to smash those guys together. And, and I, you know, why not me, right? Yeah, you, you took on that role. I like it. So what is it? Do people sign up for, uh, for a month, three months, a year? How does it work? Uh, all memberships are lifetime memberships. I'm, I'm kidding a little bit. Um, but I, I do like to think that, uh, you know, Entra is a little bit like, um, I don't know, it kind of gets in you like a virus. Like you'll never, you'll never really be rid of it once you come. But, or it's like Hotel California, tribe, right? New tribe or family, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, we start with a basic course. I have a free book they can download, which I'll probably give out on this episode if you're comfortable with it. I have, uh, you know, some entry-level courses, $39. I don't know. We split test different price points. So if, if right. somebody lands on it and it's $49, don't get mad at me. But it's called the Entre Blueprint. It's just entry-level basic 
foundational stuff, but then it goes all the way up to really intense, immersive uh, coaching experiences and mastermind experiences. And then, you know, all points in between, we have a lot of, a lot of courses that are more, more focused and, and teach different business models. And yeah. So what, what are some of the paths that most people like to go down? Do they go down real estate? Do they go down digital? What are some of yeah, the Yeah, So we've, paths? we've kind of compartmentalized and, and we, you know, there's, you know, we have current state and desired state too. Like we're building a lot and expanding a lot, but, but for right now, the, the curriculum, you know, focuses on, first of all, just, you know, what I would call new economy fundamentals. And it's not just digital marketing. It's understanding the changes in consumer behavior, consumer psychology, you know, you know, 20 years ago, if somebody said, Hey, I'm going to launch a business by giving away a bunch of free videos and building an audience. And then I'll come back a year later and sell them something. Everybody would have been like, that's, that makes no sense. That's crazy. But that's literally what I did. You know, I grew a company from nothing to tens of millions of dollars in, in frankly, a little over a year from when I started selling a course because I did exactly what I just said. It doesn't really matter what you're selling. I, I, I tell people all the time, if I decided to be a real estate agent here in the town where I live, St. George, Utah, I'm confident in two years I could be the number one real estate agent in this market because I, I understand marketing in the new economy in a way that I don't see a lot of other people doing. Ditto, if I wanted to be the top electrician, I, I could, I don't know if I would actually be the best electrician, but I, I'd have the most calls. Um, there's just a way of, of growing a biz, building and growing a business in the new economy that's, that's really business model agnostic to a large degree. But within that, because of, especially partly because of COVID and the increased focus in generating money online, um, we tend to kind of track people into affiliate marketing, uh, digital agency services, or course creation, which probably not coincidentally are the three things that I've primarily done in my own career. But they're also the three things that I think get people the furthest, the fastest, you know, like we don't really focus on e-commerce because we don't want people having to deal with like, you know, AliExpress and products from China and having to compete with Amazon. And so we have kind of gone through the entire digital landscape and narrowed it down to the things we think get people the furthest, the fastest. But that doesn't mean that we're not constantly, you know, adding more and, and doing new stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Let's do a couple of uh, rapid fire questions. Cool. Um, top three things that stop people in your environment, the stories they're telling themselves um, from having success. Um, okay. I'll, I'll try to come up with three. Number one is the internet moves really fast. I can get access to anything as quickly as I want virtually online. Therefore, my success should move really fast too. Okay. Uh, that's not how, how it works. Number two is uh, I have a hard job, so I'm pretty well conditioned to, for the hardships that entrepreneurship is going to bring. No, it's, it's a completely different type of hardship. It's a, for a lot of people, it almost feels like waking up one day and being schizophrenic. Like there's no order in the universe. Everything is chaotic. There's no there's no, uh, you don't have to go outside the box because the box has literally disappeared. Right. Suddenly you're expanding in all directions. It's like being in space where there's no gravity and eventually you feel like you're going to explode. Nice. Um, that's probably the second one. The third one is just show me how to make money. Just show me the tactics. This obsession with like feeling like there's some magical tactic or hack or technique or trick that 
well, Jeff must know it, or Russell Brunson must know it, or, you know, Dean Graziosi must know it, or Rock Thomas must know it. It's like, no, it's, it's a whole lot of things that assemble to create a, you know, a science and an art of being good at this thing. And you have to uh, stop looking for a magic bullet. Favorite book? I mean, in terms of the book that changed my life the most, let me answer that way. It was The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that one before. Um, yeah, I mean, it's when I realized that, that man is the fountainhead, the wellspring of his own value, creation, and success in the, in the world. And if it is to be, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. Favorite quote? People forget what you say. They forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you make them feel, Mother Teresa. Mm, nice. What would you tell a younger version of yourself? Um, get more organized, get more efficient, stop resisting, scheduling, project management, task management, self-management. Like you think that you're this cool creative artist who like doesn't need processes. All you're doing is setting yourself back by years. Hmm. Either the most famous or interesting person you've ever met. I mean, I'm going to go with interesting and I'm going to, I'm going to not include guests I've had on my podcast because I would feel like picking one was probably unfair to a few others. I'll go to the earlier part of my life. When I was a pianist, um, I got booked into playing a lot of like high society, high end gigs. And it wasn't because I was the best piano player. It was because I showed up on time. I wore a suit that fit reasonably. I shaved. I didn't smell like cigarettes. I I could hold polite conversations with the guests, but I also knew when to stop talking. Like musicians is a are a quirky bunch and some of them don't, you know, have a lot of those skills. But uh, because I got in with this really good agency, I was able to play in the homes of several billionaires. And so uh, Tillman Fertitta, for example, um, Bob McNair, who owned the Texans, uh, Jim Crane, who owned the Astros. And so there's kind of a group of about five or 10 of these guys. Wow. And I always made a point to get there early because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I would, I would ask them questions. Super and cool. um, yeah, I'd say collectively it was that group. I learned, I learned, literally learned how to become a billionaire from billionaires and yeah, I'm still doing the work, but. What, what is one piece of advice or lesson you remember from any one of them that, that stood out to you? Um, I'll, I mean, I have massive takeaways from all of them, but I'll, I'll say Bob McNair, for example, because it's probably the most apropos for my life. Um, he was kind of a modern day Ray Kroc, the McDonald's founder, just failure after failure after failure. Didn't really hit it until he was in his 40s, mm -hmm. uh, started co-generation and, and became a multi-billionaire. And he basically told me, you know, uh, that day in school, when they tell you that quitting is an option, I was absent that day. So I just, <laughs> I never even really knew that that was a thing I could do. I was just like a shark. You just keep going forward because it's the only way to go. And for me, you know, I, I was, I was in the middle of failing at that time of one, at one of my 10 startup businesses before I finally got some traction. And so I think that was a really important thing for me to hear. How, how many of those people that you met did you feel um, were, were genuinely happy? 
um, of if I say like elite level CEOs, not not necessarily billionaires, but you right. know hundred hundred deca or centimillionaires. I mean, really, really loaded people. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, truly happy. The majority of them. Like there's a lot of stereotypes about how, you know, every, rich people are like Ebenezer Scrooge and they're nah, nah, nah. that's BS, man. When you got a lot of money, you, you can, you can afford to put things in place in your life that yeah. allow you to focus more energy on the things that make you happy. It's not like rich people are dumb or they're like, I got all this money. I got all this opportunity. So I'm going to, I'm just, but I'm just going to keep obsessing on things that don't give me happiness. No, like once you have money, you have options. So you yeah. gravitate towards things that make you happy. And I, I would say the majority of them did. One of the reasons I decided being rich was, was cool. Yeah. I, I have a girl that comes in twice a week that juices for me. Yeah. And I get fresh vegetables twice a week that I don't have to spend an hour or 45 minutes at that freaking machine jamming the cucumbers in it. And I love those days when she comes in. Right. And this is my empty body of bo bottle of celery juice that I pounded this morning. Exactly what you're saying. And I would never in a million years juice my own celery. Right. So I totally get it. I, I love that answer. Wow. What a pleasure to really converse with you and have your wisdom and have your your personality. Um, you know, I have a friend who plays the piano and I was introduced to Yanni because of him. So I have to ask you, who are some of your favorite piano players? Um, so, you know, in the, in the more mainstream genres, I love, I was a songwriter too. So I like a lot of pianists that play songs. I loved Elton John. Um, still, still do. I love, uh, Harry Connick Jr. Yes. Uh, was trends more in the jazz arena, but then I also really geeked out. I, I love some like classical pianists. Um, Martha Argerich is one of my favorite classical pianists. I, I geeked out in some hardcore jazz. Um, guys like, you know, McCoy Tyner and Keith Jarrett. Oh my gosh, I love Keith Jarrett. So like really the full spectrum, everything from esoteric to super mainstream, I can usually find something to love. That's awesome. Well, you got such a, a, an eclectic personality to be able to go from artist to, you know, badass business person and also to be a great dad and four kids and take care of your body. Mad respect for you, brother. Parting words for this group. And before we say that, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I know they can go to your podcast, but what else? Yeah, so probably where I would send people is, uh, I'll give you a one-size-fits-all answer. If you go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash rock T, um, that page is going to allow you to do a couple things. One is you can get my free book. It's called The Millionaire Shortcut. It's my basic explanation of how to be really successful in in less than 20 pages so it's like it you can literally read it in 15 minutes um and then on there you can also subscribe to my youtube channel which has hundreds of free training videos I, i'm a big believer in give it all away and if they if they like you they'll they might want to come back and buy something and you know take it from me it, it works <laughs> it does work that way and then also my podcast as well so millionairesecrets.com forward slash rock t all right. Fantastic. So there you have it. If you want to rock your money and rock your life, Jeff is probably one of the best people that you can follow and learn from. And you might even get a little jingle on a piano and some of those things too. I would hope on YouTube. Do you ever do that? I do. Yeah. I've done it a few times and you know, I'm still shedding my, um, 
ridiculously high professional standards from when I was a professional. Cause like the reality is I only play 45 to 60 minutes a day. Now I'm not at that same level I used to be. So I'm getting more comfortable letting people see that, but uh, I am starting to do more of it. It's an interesting perspective that, and you hear about this when, um, you know, a golfer is off for a couple of months and they come back and they go, you know, they still shoot a great score. We can't really see the difference, but he's like, man, I wasn't on, I'm still a little rusty. So for me to hear you say that I only play 45 minutes to an hour a day and I'm not in my sweet spot just goes to show the nuances at the very highest level of success. And I think that um, that lends to the story around how do you become super successful is you've got to be around people like you and pay attention to the details so that you can um, take yourself to the next level. Jeff, thank you so much. Appreciate it, buddy. My pleasure, man. This has been great. That's been awesome. All right. So now you have it, an awesome episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. We'll see you on the next episode and we'll have everything in the show notes so that you can reach out and touch a musician, an artist, and a successful entrepreneur. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.